world is yours. The world is yours. I don't know how uh, rights work, but I'm pretty sure six seconds isn't enough for copyright infringement. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Spillin' TV, the podcast. I'm Tyler, and I've decided that I want to talk about this show called Utopia Falls. Um, I don't really know anyone else that's watched it, except like one of my students, but I'm not gonna have my student on the pod. Uh, cause that's kind of weird. I mean, it's like also weird that I'm essentially talking to myself, but truly this podcast is just an excuse for me to talk to myself in my apartment and not feel weird about it, even though I still do. But you know, I'm working on it. It's fine. So, uh, Utopia Falls is this Canadian show that in Canada airs on like CBC Gem, but in America, and uh, I'm assuming like other countries. Truly, I don't know. I'm an ignorant American. But in America, you can watch it on Hulu, um, the entire first season. So, um, I'm just gonna get into it. Uh, Utopia Falls is this show that is, uh, definitely geared (laughs) for a younger audience. I think it's, like, for kids, but it doesn't feel kitty when you watch it like sure some of the stuff's like a little cheesy and like sweeter than things would normal well sweeter than things would be if it were a show for an older audience but it's very much enjoyable and very entertaining so the way that i would describe this show is like a cross between uh the hunger games meets uh, america's got talent I would say American Idol, but, like, it's not just singing. Like, people dance and people play instruments. So, yeah, we're going to go Hunger Games meets America's Got Talent. And it'll make sense, one, if you watch it, or two, if you just listen to this because you love and support me. So, the first episode is titled The World is Yours. And, um, I've, so I've seen the show all 10, I think it's 10, unless it's eight. Oh, we're going to fact check myself live. It's, it's 10. I've seen all 10 of the episodes, but I'm going back through rewatching it and taking notes because I realized, hmm, maybe if I take notes, I won't ramble as much, but I'm finding that to be false, but still going with it. So, The first episode is titled, The World is Yours. Now, by the time I was like episode three, I started to see a trend and I was like, hmm, I think each episode is a song title and it is. So, um, the first song, The World is Yours is actually a Nas song and I'm embarrassed to say, but I'm going to live in my truth. I know nothing about hip hop, um, and facts are just the facts, but this title, like, makes sense in a literal sense of this world being yours because uh, Utopia Falls is this kind of dystopian life. I don't really know how to word that properly, but it's taken place, like, hundreds of years after some great darkness has occurred because humanity or civilization has just torn itself apart and everything's terrible, and so they've rebuilt and formed this new city that um, is called New Babel, um, like short for like Babylon, Babylonia? Mm, no, Babylon. In this uh, dystopian society, there's a city, it's called New Babel, and it's split into these different sectors. Um, thing, like more facts and information about this will come up as the series continues, because I'm pretty sure I'm just going to do every episode of this, because it's corona time and I have nothing else to do. I mean, I still have a job. I'm still supposed to teach these kids online, and I will, but I also would love to talk to myself out loud and not feel ridiculous about it. So, they're split into sectors. Um, There's reform sector, nature sector, industry sector, and progress sector. I'll get into more details about them as it becomes relevant. Um, So, everyone's split up into these sectors, and... The really 
like important thing and like pivotal thing and like the reason that the show starts on this day is because in this city when you turn 16 there is this competition called the exemplar where it's a performance-based competition so singing dancing uh instrument i don't (laughs) i don't know why i said that's so strange um because i can't figure out a different word for saying instrument i don't know playing the instrument music i'm just gonna move on so when you turn 16 the only time you're eligible for this exemplar is when you're in your 16th year and so on this specific day that the show is beginning is the day that the names are being announced for the 24 participants of the exemplar so the show opens with the essentially the lead character like yeah it's an ensemble cast but Aaliyah is the lead and it opens with like a voiceover that turns into like a shot on Aaliyah. Aaliyah is speaking to um, some people truly I thought she was a tour guide um I guess I'm wrong I literally I still don't know why she was explaining what New Babel was to a group of kids other than the fact that she needed to explain it to um, all of the people watching this show. Her voiceover is so hopeful and full of like pride in her city and she's talking about Gaia who is the woman that led them from the dark into the light and like founded New Babel. Now we love Gaia here. When I say we, I mean me. Why? Gaia is a black woman who saved the people and humanity. So what's not to love? Um, and they treat Gaia like, I mean, like a god. Like, instead of saying, oh my god, it's oh my Gaia, or for the love of Gaia, or Gaia help me. And like, I might adopt that into my own reality, um, and then no one will understand what I'm saying. But that's fine. I speak in references that people don't get all the time. So, she's doing this voiceover, and uh, um, it's like, her explanations kind of cut with some scenes of people in other sectors and people like speaking and different stuff and I realized that there's basically um a pledge of allegiance literally um the people were like chanting for state for community for all and I'm like that's like for liberty and justice for all at this point in my life, I've kind of forgotten the Pledge of Allegiance, but I know, like, for liberty and then justice for all or something like that is in there, and this really reminded me of that. So that was an interesting takeaway. New society, still a Pledge of Allegiance, which, you know, I think is weird. Um, another thing in this um, voice, no, in this, in this setting the scene... Um, me getting frustrated with myself. In this setting the scene, um, we see different shots from different sectors. So in reform sector, the shot they show is like yoga or something. And um, the word she's saying is rehabilitate back into society. So it's reform. They're supposed to be reformed. Um, and then the touch about nature sector is they, they, they provide the food. They, it was like worms and like harvesting and honestly I don't do bugs so it really had me messed up but then one of the last things that she says is uh talking about technology so this is kind of a post-technology world um but not fully post like they do have like access to technology well technology exists however they don't use it for personal for personal personal use or benefit or anything because um one of the things she's talking about with the past is that the dangers uh there were dangers used for personal benefit instead of common good and we or they at this point don't don't want to go back to the dark days um because they are now enlightened so I really had this thought um completely unrelated to the plot of this show but more so um new civilizations so I was also having this conversation with uh, some of my students which I mean whatever when 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 you start a new civilization uh, and you get the people and then basically you're like breeding kids right 
at some point, like, in a couple generations, it's gonna get incesty. Like, it has to, doesn't it? Because, yeah, and I'm talking to myself, so no one can answer me. So, who just gonna let all my thoughts fly out there. But at some point, I think that it would kind of just have to be a little bit incesty because it's like, all right, say you start a new society and say you have 50 people. All right, well, to breed, and this is in a heteronormative you know, state of whatever, because, like, I mean, like, you know, for this to naturally occur, you you do need the opposite sex to, um, produce the offspring, so, say you have, like, 50 people that are, you know, 25 straight men, 25 straight women, or, you know, just 25 men that are attracted to women, and then 25 women that are attracted to men, then they have kids, okay, so that's like, but that's only going to be like 25 offspring. And then like, they're going to, I guess they're going to have to have multiple. But then like at some point, like once the multiples, like they have kids, but then it's like that next set is going to be a smaller gene pool. And then like, it's definitely going to get incesty and weird. Then now I'm really thinking about it like, okay, so heteronormative, sure, but everybody is not heterosexual person so therefore the offspring there's a chance that they won't reproduce and then what then it's gonna get incesty quicker and that's real messed up and then like how do you unincest it like what happens i just have so many questions and no answers and no solutions but we're not living in this post-apocalyptic society yet we're just living in corona times so someone will cross that bridge when they get there won't be me but um I, back to our regularly scheduled programming which is me talking about utopia falls after uh the scenes with so i took notes and i'm reading them and i am confused well okay after the scene with um, Aaliyah doing what I'm describing as a tour for the young folk, um, we cut over to Reform Sector and we meet Bodhi and Max, who are, are going to be integral to our story. Um, they're both in their 16th year, both up for um, getting into the exemplar. Like, they've both... Do you audition or do, like, the powers that be just know? Because I'm a little bit unclear on that. And I have no one to ask those questions to. Um, and I don't necessarily know if it really matters if they auditioned or they just know. But, um, so we meet them and they're in line to get, like, food. Um, and you can immediately tell their personalities. Uh, the woman behind the food counter whose name I don't know, whose name I don't know, um, tells Bodhi to come over and get uh this food and it was like a roti and Bodhi was like I don't want to accept this like I don't have the money to pay for it and she's like ah oh, it's on the house you know you're like famous and Bodhi's like I don't feel right taking this and then Max walks up and she's like of course there's one for Max too you're also like a star and then Mags is just like full of life and confidence and it's like yes, I am a star, yes, I will take this, and Bodhi, you better um, reap the benefits of this while it lasts, because they usually only take one uh, member of reform sector for the exemplar, and it's gonna be me. So, we we see their personalities, we see that they're friends and care for each other, um, and then, like, I don't know, like, within a minute, we meet a member of the authority, authority, or people that work for... I'm gonna say the government, but I don't know if they use that word in the show, but it's like the government. They're like, they're like police officers, but, hmm, like more important or like, I don't know. It's like, they're essentially police officers, but their positions are, I don't know, a little bit high, higher power than that in today's society, I would say, but I don't know what to compare it to exactly. So, um... Uh, they're talking to a member of the authority, and Mags is like, truly, I'm pointing this out because it, honestly, it upset me just a little bit. 
um, because like Max is holding both the roti, um, his and Bodie's, and he's like eating it, and he's like, you know, chopping it up with this authority dude who's like, oh man, if you get picked, I'm gonna miss you around here, but I know you won't be up to any trouble or anything, and then he's like, you know, eating, talking, then he starts to eat Bodie's roti, but I'm mad because he didn't finish his own. Why did he also need to begin consuming Bodie's? What if he wanted that? I know he turned it down, but still. And then Bodie's like, hey, man, I thought one of those was supposed to be for me. And I was really just on my couch thinking, I too thought that, Bodie. I also thought it was yours. So, you know, that's just, that's a bit of unnecessary information. But truly, is any is anything that I'm saying necessary information? No. Will anyone hear it? No, but it's fine. I'm having fun. Maybe. So after our scene at Reform Sector, we cut over to Nature Sector, where we meet our sweet, sweet sage, um, who's like harvesting some bugs or something. And honestly, I had to like peep through my fingers because I really like, when I say I don't do bugs, I don't do bugs. I can look at someone's entire like uh, intestine like tract be ripped out from their throat but show me one bug and I'm like cowarding like <laughs> cowering in fear because I just really can't do bugs but um sage we're they, they really did a good job of like kind of showing us the personalities of these people like immediately um sage is up for interstate here up for the exemplar and she doesn't want to go to the results like where they announce who's going to be chosen she's like i'd rather just stay here and finish the harvest um because well what if they don't what if they don't pick me and her like grand um she has two grands grand riel and grand chira and uh they're, she has brief interactions with both of them, and they're both very supportive and have full faith in her and love her. And um, I think it was Grand Riel that told her, even if you don't get chosen, well, if you don't get chosen, one, uh, I was wrong and I'm never wrong, or two, you were dreaming because you're going to be chosen. And then she said, but if you're not, um, you're still going to be loved regardless. And I think that that's a beautiful message. It's clear how strong the love is in in her family already. And it's kind of clear that she doesn't want to get her hopes up about things. Like, she doesn't want to be disappointed. And at this this moment, it's kind of like she doesn't want to be disappointed in herself. And um, that can probably be extended to being disappointed in other people. So... After uh, the sage interaction, we cut over to, was it, progress sector, and we, um, in progress sector, we're back with Aaliyah, and Aaliyah is uh, doing one of those cute things where you go up behind someone and put your hands over their eyes, and it's like, ah, surprise, I'm being attacked, but like, not really, it's supposed to be cute or whatever, and um, it's this guy, his name's Tempo. And then he does, like, there's some, like, banter or whatever, and he's like, oh, if my girlfriend catches you, she'll be upset or something. And then Aaliyah's like, oh, you have a girlfriend now? Does she know? And then Tempo says this thing that I didn't really pay attention to the first time around, where he's like, you think after a 10-year friendship she'd get the hint, but she's a little slow? Um, I have problems with this. So, just because you've been friends for 10 years means that you have to get together. Like, maybe I'm confused. Uh, Maybe no one told me the rules of the world. But does this mean I'm in a relationship with all of my friends that I've had for 10 years? Like, I'm very confused. Why is that just (laughs) the default? So, not gonna lie. Tempo, you know, me and Tempo not off to a great start. Um, I really just don't like how he kind of like forced that into like he obviously he's not forcing a relationship on her, but like the idea that they need to be in one, it's kind of weird. Um, so 
after that, um, they're at the reveal for who's going to make it into the exemplar. They all are in their separate sectors, except for Sage, who's harvesting, I don't know, worms or something, whatever she's harvesting. And um, we're seeing Bodhi be so supportive. He's like talking to Max. He's like, look, man, if it's you or not me, what? If it's you, like, I'll, I'll be just as happy if it's you and not me. I didn't write the line down. But, yeah. So, we we find out that, obviously, since they're setting this up, um, both Bodhi and Max get selected for the exemplar. Sage gets selected for the exemplar. And then Aaliyah and Tempo both get accepted. And when they, you know, once they both find out, there's this, like, moment where it kind of looks like they might kiss. Like, they really had a moment in this little celebration because they were just too swept up you know and it's fine so after after we find out who's in getting into our exemplar we go over to uh, a meeting with the 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 powers the what i'm calling the government i oh, they do have a name they're the tribunal there we go um they call the government the, the tribunal and i probably should have looked up what that word means like if it means anything and like makes sense and it probably does because this show is like pretty intentional, but uh, I don't have the answers. So uh, my immediate need, my immediate note, Phydra is trash, um, and I keep calling her Phaedra. <laughs> and <laughs> when I say that, really wondering what the crossover is between people who know who Phaedra is and are listening to this podcast or have seen the show Utopia Falls. Because if we're being honest, I don't know who Phaedra is. But I know the Phaedra's from, like, reality TV. I'm real, when I say I'm real selective with it, I mean, I just watch really trashy um, dating shows that are reality. And then, like, a couple, like, competition series. But that's all beside the point. Um, Also, another note about that tribunal meeting. One of the ladies looks like she has one of those, like, bumpets. I feel like they were called bumpets. You know, like, the things... Like, if you watch, like, Jersey Shore back when that was a thing, like, they would put, like, the, they would put their hair up and then to kind of, like, tease it up, they put the thing that I think was called, like, a bump it, like, under there to give it the hump. Well, this woman on the tribunal really looks like she had one, and I'm just trying to figure out why was that the direction they went in. No one else has weird dystopia hair, except for her. Um, another, like, realization I had is that some scenes that didn't really make sense or didn't really feel relevant to me when I was watching this episode the first time, now that I've seen the whole thing through, make a lot of sense. So I'm going to try to keep the note of that so that I can bring them up later when they come up again. But I, wow, this show really did something. So um, I also have this note um, about the casting of Aaliyah, who is played by Robin Alomar. I might be really messing her name up and I feel a little bad about it and literally nothing against her. Um, I was watching Instagram live because I've gotten just like a little bit obsessed with the cast. Um, they just seem like they enjoy each other as people and have like a great time on Instagram live. But, uh, I laughed because her father is a white man. She is black but like light-skinned that Robin in real life might be mixed I don't actually know her you know parents or anything like that but on the show she definitely is mixed her father is white and her mom is a black woman and I was really laughing at the casting because I'm like wow like they really do it all the time they cast a light-skinned person so that way they can make one of the parents white and I myself am very light-skinned but I still recognize that this is the trend in casting or in Hollywood or whatever, even though this is Canada. It's like they're Canadian Hollywood or whatever. I don't know. But I just thought that was something of note. But um, I mean, Robin's great. And what can you do at this point? So um, we, in this interaction with Aaliyah's father, whose name I literally do not remember, 
it's got to be something basic. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I truly don't know. Um, we find out that her mother has um, passed. Um, they talk about her in like very loving way. Her father's like, her mother's like biggest regret is that she wasn't in the exemplar in her 16th year or whatever. And she was like, she was talented and smart and all that good stuff. So we find out that there are only positive feelings about her mother. However, her mother is dead. So we go back over to reform sector and we see Mags and Bodhi and um, they're still like, they're like wrapping up their conversation with the authority dude. What's his name? Taggart. I think he's like authority Taggart. Um, and their interactions kind of cut short because this other guy walks up and we find out that his name is More Times. I think we find out that it's like More, but his name is More Times. And I've decided um, that the, he's in reform sector and I've decided that his name is More Times because he's in trouble more times than not. I don't know if that's true, but it feels right. Um, so we have this interaction where he's talking about how he's proud of them and like more times his buddy is there since buddy's name is like Regget, Regget, right? I think it's Regget is how I'm going to say it. It's R-E-G-G-E-T and I don't really know (laughs) how to say that properly. So he's there and, um, this, this interaction happens where more is like, uh, what do, what do I always say? And then Regga's like, no credit, no loans. And then more is like, no, the other thing. And then Regga's like, you break it, you buy it. And then more is like, no, none of those things. And he says something else. Um, but this is a, an interaction that happens in like so many things. And like recently, um, I saw it happen on, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which random, what's the overlap between people that also saw that? But, um, like Midge was talking to her father, and then he's like, What, uh, he's like, What did I say when you went off to college? And then she was like, Oh, the thing about the deli. And he's like, No, the other thing. She was like, Well, that thing was also about deli. And he's like, No, I'm talking about this other thing. And it's like, This is a thing that happens in television shows. Also, an- another note. Like, more really mistreats Reggit, and I don't think that Reggit deserves that kind of treatment. Um, Reggit seems very sweet. So, uh, more you, you can tell that there's a, like, form of, like, kinship and, like, bond between more and, um, Bodhi and Mags. Um, he gives them some shoes to send them on their ways and congratulations for making it into the exemplar. And he's just telling them that he knows they're going to do their best. And whatever happens will happen. So after that last scene at Reform, we go on to... Ooh, I've forgotten the name of this place. Uh, <laughs> we've gone to where the people in the exemplar are going to be like staying and training and whatnot. And there is a name for it. I don't think it's the Academy, but... I also do think it's the Academy, so let's go with that. Um, so we go over there, and all of the, well, almost all of the exemplar participants are there listening to the the people that would be, like, leading the training and, like, whatnot. They go by mentor. One is mentor Watts, and the other is mentor chapter. Um, so they're talking, and, like we like focus on Leah a lot and she's like really attentively listening and everyone pretty much is but then uh we see someone stumble in and it's like mm. the minute she walked in I was like ah oh, that's gonna be a fave so in walks um Brooklyn and she just immediately captures the attention of everyone but more importantly she captures the attention of Sage who was definitely looking her up and down, where, um, Watts, a mentor Watts, I really think it's Watts, I don't think it's Wyatt, but, like, it might have been Wyatt, but we're gonna go with Watts. Yep, 
uh, I'll correct myself at some other point in life if I realize I'm wrong. And he's like, oh, like, so great of you to join us. He's like, sorry, I missed, I was late or like I missed the train or something. And then he's like, I some, he had a snarky comment, like, I hope you're, like, in time with your performance, and it's like, haha, good one. And so, Brooklyn, like, joins the line, and then she looks and, like, catches Sage looking at her, and then, you know, she gives her a wink, and Sage, like, looks away, and then, like, kind of, like, rolls her eyes, because she's like, there's, there's, there's chemistry. There's something there immediately, and everyone can feel it. So, what I also notice in this moment is that like Bodhi is also looking at someone uh, specifically Aaliyah and you know what's up with that but Aaliyah is looking very intensely at like mentor uh Watts or whatever really paying attention to the information something to note that happens is that someone called someone oh I think it was uh um we meet Apollo at some point in this um Apollo goes way back with like tempo and I'm assuming Aaliyah as well even though I kind of don't get into it but I know that they all know each other and tempo and Apollo are like buds and Apollo is like dude you obviously love Aaliyah and it's like that's still not a thing happening it's like haha you're from progress sector but you haven't made any progress and it's like ooh, sick burn but um the way they address each other is sib um s-i-b like, you know, short for sibling, and for the longest time, I didn't really know what they were saying, um, but I had my subtitles on, so I, <laughs> I could read it, and then I'm like, I wonder what they, like, and then I'm like, Sib, is this sibling, and then I'm like, oh my goodness, this is bro, and I'm just like, wow, um, mind blown, because they're in this <laughs> dystopian future, like, the past is in the past society, the slang terms are different, uh, we're using sib now. We're not using bro or sis. And honestly, the future is now. Sib is gender neutral. Love to see it. So the mentor tells them that they're going to be doing a performance that they didn't know they were going to be doing and that they would be like evaluated. And so everyone kind of freaks out a little bit and they have 10 minutes to get their crap together and then perform. So they go off to kind of like rehearse, get in the right headspace and then like Bodhi and Aaliyah, like, bump into each other, and then Bodhi says something about her being, oh, aren't you the tribunal girl, which I guess I left out earlier when Aaliyah was talking to her very basic white man father, that he is a member of the tribunal, you know, the, like, government thing, and she gets very, um, defensive about this interaction, he's like, aren't you the tribunal girl, and then she's like, whoa, like, essentially saying that, oh, you only think I'm here because my father's in the tribunal? Well, I have talent and I have a name. It's Aaliyah. And, like, she really, like, went off. And then Buddy's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wasn't trying to insinuate that. Um, And, honestly, in this instance, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm on Bodhi's side. She really did. Like, she got super defensive about being the tri- tribunal's daughter. Like, one, it's a fact. Two, he doesn't know her. So it's kind of like, this is the only fact I know about you. So this is what I'm going to use it. And this truly makes me think of an interaction that um, one of my friends in high school had where she addressed one of our other friends before they knew each other. Like, this is their first, like, interaction and, like, addresses him by his Facebook name, which like, the middle name was, like, something that's not just, like, real middle name, and then <laughs> she's, like, hey, are you blah, 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 and then he was, like, yes, and that was the end of the interaction, but it all worked out, like, later in life, because, like, they're still best friends now, so, <laughs> oh, first, uh, first impressions being things, but first interactions, you know, we can always come back from them, usually, uh, the next note I have on my phone literally just says flames. Uh, that's another, like, slang term that they are using in this future world. Um, I was, like, watching it, and the way I interpreted flames was fire. Like, oh, that's fire. Um, this is flames. Then I heard someone else say that it was lit, and then I was like, I can see that too. So, flames is either lit or it's fire, 
but in my mind, I interpret it as fire. So we jump from this flames uh, intermission to the performance. Now, <laughs> we we see all of like the people we care about. Um, we see Bodhi is uh, a vocalist. He's singing. Mags is also singing. Uh, Aaliyah is dancing. Sage is dancing. Apollo is playing the piano. Tempo is dancing. And then Brooklyn is also singing. She's a vocalist. So the thing to note about this performance is that the first time I saw this, I'm literally like, the words are completely like new. Never heard these words before. But like the music, like the backing track, I'm like, I have heard this. And I'm just like, what? is this and then i'm like this is supposed to be like alessia this is supposed to be like an alessia car song so then i'm like are all these like new babel songs essentially um kids bop with a new babylon twist like <laughs> and then because i'm uh, truly like when you listen to it you're gonna be like "Ooh, this might have been the cheesy thing she was talking about and yeah it basically really felt like his bop, but it was that, um, Alessia Cara song, um, which I don't think is called Where the Wild Things Are, but it's definitely something about finding me where the wild things are. I forgot to look up the true title, but it's decipherable from the stuff that I said, so everything's fine. Now, Mentor Watts. I'm just gonna say it. Um, not a huge fan. He's not a monster, but he kind of sucks. Um, he's also definitely rude. <laughs> so after the performance, he literally is like, that was a long pause. Some would say a pregnant pause, but I think I really hate that phrasing. So I'm not going to use it again. Um, to say that was unimpressive. And it's like, whoa, you just dropped a bomb. And then he was like, except, and he was like, that was unimpressive. I don't know. Very, very average, except for three people. And then he names these three people. And like, you can tell that they have so much hope in their hearts and their eyes. And then he tells them that they're, basically he told them they were trash and that they needed to leave now. So he kicked three people out after being there for like, 15 minutes which is like wow dude you're really like setting a tone setting a bar and letting your power be known so um after he kind of like kicks him out he says that he doesn't want the people to be complacent it's like sure you're talented but something about not being complacent and then I thought it was funny because Mags was like complacent but I really think it was in a way of like what does complacent really mean so, Bodhi honestly looks familiar, and I looked him up more than once, um, and every single time, I forget. So, I'm assuming that I don't know who he is, but he just got one of those faces, you know? Like, you know the face of someone that just looks like someone you know? Even if you literally, you don't know them, like, you've never seen them before, but they feel familiar. His face felt familiar. But uh, I looked at his filmography and I hadn't seen anything he was in. So, uh, we cut to Sage in her room at the, what I'm calling Academy because I truly don't remember. And she's like unpacking. She takes out some, I think it's like some cloth thing. And the more important thing of this scene is that Brooklyn is knocking on her door and it's like, whoa, Brooklyn is making moves quick. Um, and then Sage is like, oh, you make a strong first impression. And I'm like, yeah, Sage, she made a strong first impression on you. Also, everyone, because she's Brooklyn. And it's like, Brooklyn is like, obviously that girl that everyone wants to know. Like, she just walks to the room and it's like, I want to know her. She just got that personality, that whole vibe or whatever. And then it's like, you know, everybody wants to be a Brooklyn. But, you know, deep down, we're not. I'm not. I'm a sage. And I know it. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so, sage is very um, 
defensive, for lack of a better word. She, like, she just has her guard up. Like, she didn't want to go to the, like, the reveal ceremony um, in this conversation that she's having with Brooklyn. Her guard's kind of up. Like, Brooklyn picks up the cloth thing she took out, and then she kind of, like, stands to the back, and it's like, my grands gave it to me, and then Brooklyn kind of picks up on, like, what that means, and it really means that Sage was essentially, well, was adopted, but it's, like, her birth parents, like, gave her up to be raised by the state or whatever, and the state, like, appointed her grands to look after her, and then they adopted her when she was eight, but it's, like, in, but they say, like, in her, like, in my eighth year, like, they don't say eight, and it's, like, I don't know if that's just a little different, a little spicy, or maybe just not American, because it's Canadian. Ooh. Brooklyn asks her if she ever wonders about her, like, birth parents. But she doesn't say birth parents, she says parents. And then uh, Sage is very quick to say that her grands are her parents, and that those other people don't matter, because they said that um, the needs of New Babel outweigh the needs of a child. And Brooklyn is like, you don't really believe that, though, do you? And then Sage is like, it doesn't really matter what I believe. And that conversation is interesting. And that thought, the the needs of New Babel outweigh the needs of a child, very interesting. Um, and I, I feel like it's kind of foreshadowing, but I could totally be using foreshadowing in like a wrong sense. But I'm going to put a pin in that thought and try to remember to come back to it in like a later episode. After this scene in Sage's room, we go over to Aaliyah's room where Tempo just has way too much confidence, but it is very on brand because Tempo is a white man. He's like laying in Aaliyah's bed and it's just like, you're so comfortable and so confident. You're like, Aaliyah's like, you know, you're the second best because I'm the best. And it's like, that's definitely, that's not Tempo's voice and I can't do impressions. But that's what really just came out. <laughs> um, but something I did leave out was in Sage's room, there was an invitation that Brooklyn noticed she picked up. And it's some invitation that's like, the secret to winning the exemplar is here. Come to this location at this time. And it's like this location that's like outside of the city limits of New Babel. And it's like against the rules. And it's like, ooh, forbidden. So... Back in Aaliyah's room with Tempo, she's look. She also has one of these invitations, and she's looking at it with him. And he's like, "This that's a bad idea. It's probably somebody trying to weed out the competition. It's like a setup or something so that they could kick more people out." And she's like, "Or it's a party." And he's like, "Hmm, not worth it." And then Aaliyah's like, in her mind, like, "Hmm, seems kind of fun though." But I'm like, unclear on if Tempo received an invitation himself or not and so then I'm like hmm did Tempo not get invited because it was clear that he was an arc like he just looked like he was snitch <laughs> like he looks like he's not down a clown so I don't even know if he was invited Aaliyah is at this point there's this like scene that happens where Aaliyah and Brooklyn like run into each other and Brooklyn like grabs her and then she's asking Aaliyah if she's the one that like sent these invitations and then Aaliyah's like, oh, it's because I'm the tribunal's daughter. You think that I'm trying to sabotage and all this stuff. And I'm like, girl, calm down. You are really hung up on being this tribunal's kid, man. It's not that deep. But something I want to say, like, reform sector is obviously the hood. Like, <laughs> like it just is. If you saw it and if you've seen it, you know. You know. So, um more times from reform uh pops up at the academy and is trying to give Bodie and Max some shoes to hand out and then like Bodie and Max are well Max is like ah dope thanks so much man and Bodie's like uh these are black market shoes I don't want to get kicked out for handing these out they just got rid of three people this morning they can do it again I don't want to be a part of these shenanigans um and they leave it in this little spicy, little tension. Um, and we go back to Bodie's room. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Bodie's room. And Mags is like, you ain't have to do him like that. Like, you could have said what you said in a more um, 
just in a less harsh way mags is like very much like riding for more times like he was like he was a father figure to us and it's like buddy said hold up <laughs> don't call the name of father and it's like a very tense relationship um is really what like i can say about that um so uh Bodhi and Max also got invitations to the little party and it's like hmm should we go should we not go we're gonna go obviously so they all like go to the party and by they all I mean like everyone except for Tempo because one he might not have been invited but two he kind of sucks <laughs> um I'm just gonna say it I'm gonna be honest um, tempo kind of sucks. So he doesn't go, but the other ones kind of like run into each other on the journey to this party. And I also am just going to say it, that invitation is so misleading. The key to winning the exemplar awaits. Why did you say all of that? Like that just wasn't true. <laughs> there was nothing there except good times and good vibes. Good vibes only. Um, they get to the party and uh the thing of note here sage is clearly giving brooklyn the eye brooklyn is also giving the eyes back max is noticing and so was i max is like okay sage i see you and like same so then you know some truly flirty dancing occurs with brooklyn and sage and it's very cute um super cute love to see it then Mags is trying to get Bodhi to apologize to Aaliyah. Truly, Mags is really just trying to set some things in motion. Can't blame him. So Bodhi's like trying to apologize. And it's like he I mean the apology is like pretty solid. He's like, uh, she said is that something about not knowing that her being in the tribunal girl was a touchy subject for her and then she's like it's not and he's like well it felt like it because when I said it you got real mad and then she's like that's because you were insulting me and he's like but that wasn't and he's like but I wasn't and then he like took a breath stepped back and said that wasn't my intention um I can tell that that hurt you or like upset you and I'm sorry about it and I'm like you know that's like a solid way to go about phrasing an apology and but then he's like aren't you gonna say sorry back and she's like no for what and he's like snapping at me and she's like you just apologize I'm like okay he's like which means that like I had a reason to snap at you and he's like no and then he's not wrong like just because he apologized doesn't mean that she was right to snap at him like that but then uh truly truly Bodhi started to go off and he's like you're entitled and you think you're better than everyone but then as soon as someone calls you out on it you're like who too real like this ain't it and so Bobby's going off and literally Aaliyah walks away and it's like so many power moves are happening in this one moment it's like Bodhi going off that's a power move Aaliyah just leaving it's like I don't need to be yelled at power move can't be mad at it so we love to see it I don't know she really was different though um so it kind of, like, makes it awkward, and, and, like, she stormed off, and he's still standing there, and everyone's just looking, and then Max is like, obviously, you have to go after her. So, um, Bodhi follows Leah back into the woods, and, uh, it's kind of, like, smooth the things over, and then he's like, look, I don't want to, like, ruin your good time, you can go back to the party, and then she's like, no, you can go back, and he's like, look, I'm not going back, so your options, you can go back, or you can have a very annoying walk with me or whatever. And then she calls him annoying and he, or she said something like that's a synonym of annoying. I don't know if she said annoying exactly, but he was like, really, I've been told that I'm quite charming. And then I smiled because Bodhi is kind of charming. And then Aaliyah like rolls her eyes or whatever. And it's like, girl, you two were being charmed. You don't have to say it now, but it's okay. Um, so they're in the woods and they see some like, I don't know, flash or whatever. And they want to go investigate it. And this is when I'm like, hmm, feels 
unrealistic. Two black people in the woods going it to investigate something? Sketch. I'm not buying it, but they did it. So it was necessary for the storytelling of the show, but um, I'm just kind of like, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so they they investigate it and they see this like, what's it called? Holographic? I think holographic is the term I'm looking for, like rock wall that is like glitching and like disappears and they see that there's this entrance to this like cave-like thing but um it's locked and can just open it so Bodhi puts his hand on this hand pad and then like he goes like "Eh," and it's like nah you can't get in it's not for you so then um Aaliyah like you know inches up to it and then put puts her hand on the thing and then it's like ding 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 we have a winner doors open and they both go inside I'm like you're going to a cave in the middle of the woods outside the city limits where you're not supposed to be anyway because it's like illegal or whatever but they did it and my immediate thought when they walk in there's like paintings I'm like is this like a secret art gallery and they the more they get into it the more that I see that it's not honestly it kind of is a secret art gallery it is but it isn't um because there's other things there there's like books and stuff and like artifacts that I'm calling them artifacts but they if it was today they wouldn't be artifacts but it's like a globe um I feel like there's like a record player I don't know some other stuff um but there's this like book that's open to a page on a stand and there's a highlighted phrase and the highlighted phrase says we know no time when we were not as now and Bodhi's like, what's that even mean? And that is a message. Like, we know no time when we were not as now. And that's a message for, that's a message for New Babel. And then I also think that that's a message for just us today. Like, just like people in general. Like, we don't know the time when we weren't the way that we are. We can hear about it. We can like hear stories of it but we don't know it and that's like new babel it's this new city and they have just heard tales of the past they don't know anything other than the way that they live now and that's also us in today's society and i think that that's also us in like corona time because we are having to establish this new this new now like this the now that we're in in april 2020 is not the now that we were in in february of 2020 or i mean taking it back further the not not the now that we were in in november 2019 like i'm getting too deep but it's that's a quote okay (laughs) i'm just gonna move on um so Bodhi says that and then Aaliyah says this other thing so many words on so many pages and i'm like do y'all not have libraries and then she comments on that thing that i'm saying and then she says that there's something called a repository in progress sector and then she said um they call it a library and she said it in such a confused tone which lets me know that libraries don't really exist anymore Uh, she said it like it was a foreign concept but her saying the word library activated this um, voice in in this cave, um, and the voice the voice came on, and I'm like, hmm. I'm like, hmm, this voice sounds familiar. I'm a little bit embarrassed. It took me a couple episodes the first time to find out, but the voice is Snoop Dogg, and I'm like, unbelievable, truly perfect. Um, Snoop Dogg is a wonderful wonderful voiceover honestly in in this thing i mean he'd be doing a little bit too much on like social media and whatnot now but as the voice of the thing in this show not mad at it so um the voice like talking to them and they're talking about library and then he uh snoop dogg's voice uh brings up this like menu of music genres because are you listed um I'm getting my own self tongue tied, but he listed some like options of things to kind of dig into. Music was one of them, and then it was like music, and then it was like genres popped up, and they're like reading them in this 
I don't know, out of thin air. It's kind of just like it projects into like nothingness and they like see it. And then Bodhi's like reading them and then he's like, country. And then he sees gospel, but he says it weird because they don't know what that is. He's like, gospel. And then Aaliyah's like, what? Hip hop. And then um, we kind of, we get like a like an oral history of what hip hop is. And then um, a Biggie song starts playing. And we kind of like end with Aaliyah and Bodie in this like cave of Snoop Dogg with Biggie playing. And two things. The, the Snoop Dogg's cave is, it's called the archive. They call it the archive. Um, other thing hip-hop kind of becomes the basis of I don't want to say the basis of this show but it it kind of does like hip-hop kind of becomes the I don't know the inner inner fabric of like the show and the music the music that leads them to I'm just gonna say new discovery but I'm like can you imagine if country was the thing that they chose and then it's like I don't know like Johnny Cash is like playing at the end of it um and I'm just like that'd be such a different show and I kind of would like to see it just like I kind of would just like to see it if they ever did this is very much a show that exists in an alternative universe but if they did an alternative alternative universe I would love to have seen how this show progressed if country music was the music they chose to dig deep into so, um, that wraps up what goes down in the first episode of Utopia Falls, and I just truly think the show is so fun. Um, even though it's this dystopian future, it still um, feels hopeful. Um, the like the, the the relationships seem so genuine, like the friendship, like like the friendships relationships don't just mean romantic like the friendships seem so genuine and full of love and full of care and the building of romantic relationships is like an interesting thing to see and see them kind of build and like have angst and like just different I don't even know what I'm trying to say other than that I love it um and it was a really great watch and I am glad that I'm doing this podcast because it gives me an excuse for myself to um, watch it again and notice things that I hadn't noticed before and put more pieces together. But um, yeah, so Utopia Falls is available to watch on Hulu. So, you know, you should do that. It's 10 episodes. Um, They're less than an hour. It's like 45-ish minutes. Um, There was some other information that I did want to say about the show. Uh, Like, like who made it? Um, This show was... Is credited with two creators, um, Randall Thomas, who goes by R R T. Um, I said it that way because it's R T exclamation mark. Um, and he's directed some episodes of Degrassi, and also done a bunch of music videos, some of which include music videos for Sean Paul, Simple Plan, and Snoop Dogg. So there's a tie-in for why Snoop Dogg is in this random Canadian thing. Um, and then the other creator is Joseph Malozzi, who is credited with doing a bunch of Stargate stuff, the whole Stargate universe, which I know nothing about. He did that. And then he also did the show called Dark Matter, which sounded familiar. And then I looked it up and I realized, I don't know what that is. So I don't know what I thought it was. But, uh, Dark Matter, the first, like the first line of the information I saw said something about dystopia. And I'm like, so Joseph brought the dystopia. And RT brought the music. And then you got this harmony of a show called Utopia Falls. And um, yeah, I'm trying to wrap this up, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to say Utopia Falls is great. And I highly recommend it. If you listen to this, I recommend watching the rest of it. And if you listen to this, I recommend listening to me talk about the next episode if I do that again. Because truly felt really weird doing this, but I did have a good time, so I guess I'll do it again. Um, yeah, so Utopia Falls is great. Um, I was gonna mention another show that I'm currently watching, but then I kind of don't want to promote that show because I'm kind of ashamed that I'm watching it. 
so so oh i'm gonna say this other thing i just watched on netflix um i just watched this show a couple days ago called um feel good on netflix and it's about this uh well she's a stand-up comedian and i'm saying she but uh as i'm remembering the gender gender is a social construct and whatever but the the gender identity is a little uh, a little fuzzy so this person is a stand-up comedian may and they are also a uh a drug addict um like in recovery and uh they kind of get into this random intense relationship and it kind of deals with like the highs and lows of this relationship and comedy thing and drug addiction and family issues and the relationship that she's in is with a woman who has never been with a woman before and the struggles and things that come along with that so it was a very quick watch it's only six episodes they're like less than 30 minutes a piece uh and I watched it all in one night but yeah it was it's pretty good and interesting and I don't know it's uncomfortable it's funny it's it's like compelling it uh, really sucks you in or at least it really it really sucked me in out of nowhere so feel good um other than that if you wish to find me on the internet you can um i have a blog at spillingtv.com s-p-i-l-l-i-n-t-v.com i haven't updated it i'm thinking maybe the quarantine will force me to so far has not been the case so that's the thing um you can also find me on twitter at spillin tv but that's time this time is spillin underscore tv so s-p-i-l-l-i-n underscore tv and then you can also find me on instagram at tylerpedia t-y-l-e-r-r-p-e-d-i-a-a i don't know why that's so hard for me to spell but it is uh make it choices